Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is July 12, 2023. We continue our series, Words for Life, and our word for the day is, Come to. Now I know what you may be thinking. It's not just a word, it's two words come to? What am I coming to? Come to what? So let's let's talk about this. What are we talking about? Well, let me ask you some questions. Do you struggle with making major choices in your life? Do you carry a load of worry or, or burden on yourself? Do you bring your struggles to the Lord? Or is that something that you want to carry on your own? You see, we're living in a world where most people are truly unprepared for the decisions that are coming their way. We often lack necessary experience to chart our course or our journey through life. And so, today, when we read our lectionary readings, our scripture verses, um, I want us to look at this reading that will provide us an alternative to navigating our journey in life. Maybe that will help you with the come to portion of our words. Because, you see, we need to come to freedom. We need to come to rest. We need to come to a new life. Some of you out there may need new options for your future. What is it that you're going to come to? That's where we're headed for today. With that, we're going to be reading, of course, our scriptures. Our first one will be from the book of Zechariah. Chapter 9, verses 9 through 12. Zechariah chapter 9, 9 through 12. It reads, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, a foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and a horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. 
Behold. Such a word. Behold, your king is coming to you. There's this come to you. Who is coming to you? Jesus is coming to you today. Yes, if you're listening to this message, I can say with 100% confidence that Jesus is wanting to come to you today. He wants to set up his dominion, his reign in your life. What what does that mean? He's going to set up his dominion, his reign. What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? Dr. Kelly, what are you talking about? Reign. I don't, I don't get this. Jesus is our king. And when we start talking about his dominion and reign, uh, he's... He, he, he doesn't want us to war. He is our Prince of Peace. He wants to end our fighting. He wants to end our struggle in life. He wants to set us free. See, many times we, we see this Prince of Peace and we hear war and struggle and strife and fight. And we think of the outwards. And yes, there are people in this world living in war torn areas yes there is you may be listening from a part of the world where your country is in a civil war yes someday our prince of peace will come and end that war but he has come to end our war with sin and with darkness you see we struggle most of our fight and our struggle is with ourselves Yes, we struggle against the world system, but oftentimes it's our flesh that brings on that fight. He wants us to quit fighting that fight. He wants to live through us and handle that for us. Our fight with God is over. He's come to bring reconciliation to us. That's what Jesus did. Most of this passage in Zechariah, there's a lot of it that's very prophetic. Uh, riding on a donkey, a colt. Uh, Jesus fulfilled that. He rode into Jerusalem on that, that colt. He, he was just in having salvation. Yes, he, he brought salvation. He purchased our salvation on a cross. Um, there's much to that. But it gets down to verse 11. And it says, because of the blood of your covenant. And it'd be easy to go, this is Zechariah, he's a minor prophet in the Old Testament, so he's talking about some covenant, something with the law, it's got to be maybe a sacrifice. You know, they sacrificed bulls and goats and lambs and doves and all sorts of stuff like that. It's easy to, to think this, but when it starts talking about the blood of your covenant in a messianic prophecy, this is the blood of Jesus that is shed on the cross. In the upper room at the Last Supper, when Jesus passed around the cup, he said, This is the blood of my covenant. This is the blood of the new covenant. He's making a new covenant with us. And it's because of what his blood, what his covenant has done. It says that he will set your prisoners free from a waterless pit. This isn't just some hole with no water in it. We're just talking about a waterless pit. You see, sometimes when we start talking about the pit, it's interesting to start th thinking about hell. Hell is a pit. Um, 
in scripture, one of the words for hell is Gehenna, but Gehenna was a place outside the walls in Jerusalem where they would throw all the trash. It's where all the sewage went, it's where all the trash went. It, it stunk. There were the maggots and worms in it. It was, it was a bad place. And Jesus used that place as a description of what hell is like. But this pit here, it says it's waterless. And again, I can't go into the details of this, get into Genesis and the, the waters of creation, uh, but the Holy Spirit and his connection with water. So it's talking about a waterless pit. It is a place where there is no spirit, no presence of God. You see, hell is to be, is absent of God's presence. When we were cast, if, if, if you go to heaven without Jesus and he throws you into hell, you are separated from the presence of God. To be outside of the presence of God is to be in hell. And so he's come to save us from this waterless, a place where there's no, no spirit of God. He's come to save us, set us free from this. We're no, no longer prisoners of this type of death. Not only that, but he says, return to your stronghold. He is our stronghold. Our king has come to us and he's bringing himself to us that we can return to God. God is our stronghold. And we can be prisoners of hope. Imagine that, that you're, you're, you're now enslaved to having a hope and a future. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to be enslaved to something, being enslaved to hope, being enslaved to a future, that's pretty good. And then it ends with, even today I declare, this is the Lord speaking, that I will restore double to you. There's lots of spiritual examples, but I can't help but think of Job, just off the top of my head, that he went through so much trouble. He lost his children. He lost... Uh, livestock and money and possessions and he was just lost so much but in the end he remained faithful to the lord and in the end god came to him and restored everything to him double listen there's a day coming when our king is going to come and get us you and i our king is going to get us we were we will our lifetime will end here on this planet. And I like to tell people, listen, when I when I die, Jesus is coming for me. Ain't no angel coming for me. Jesus is coming for me because I love Jesus and he loves me. I know him. He's coming for me. And you should be like that too. He's coming for you. Your king will come for you in that in that moment. But there's also a time when Jesus is going to appear in the clouds and he's going to gather us all. Just not everyone will see death. There's a day coming when he's going to just grab up his bride, his generation off the planet. And it's in that moment when we're there in that heavenly realm that he will restore double to us. Now, when he's talking about restoration, we're talking about going back to Adam. He wants to restore what sin and the enemy stole from us in that garden. And God is going to restore a double portion of that to us because his restoration is complete and he's going to do it because of the blood covenant that Jesus purchased on the cross.
Now I want us to read our next passage in Matthew, our next lectionary, lectionary, excuse me, passage from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. It says, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and there is one whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Listen, Jesus doesn't want us wandering through life directionless, hopeless, stressed out. That's not what he wants. And he's offering us peace and purpose. You see, when you when you look at this, this passage, the first thing I want to point out is that he talks about these things are hidden from the, the, the wise and the prudent. Listen, there's, there's knowledge and wisdom from the world that is absolutely meaningless. And when you try to figure out God and his plans using worldly intelligence, worldly wisdom, you can never see it. But it, it, he says he's revealed it to babes. In other words, there's, there's those that are, have an innocence and a genuine faith to them that can see, that they, they can very easily see what the Lord says. I know I, if you go back and listen to so much of my teaching in the last year and a half on these podcasts, I've talked a lot about religion and religious stuff. And I'm not using those words in a good term. I'm talking about man-made worship and rules and regulations and made philosophies. We've, we, we've taken the idea of religion being relationship with God and we've turned it into a system, an organization, a philosophy of men. And it puts us in bondage because we think it's wise. And, and it, wants to explain and I know sometimes learning is good I'm not anti-education and you know I, I have a bachelor's master's and a doctorate degree I'm not I, I'm not I teach in schools I'm not opposed to education but I'm also very truthful in saying there's so much of it that is not good there's so much where it gets into such crazy intellectual worldly thinking there, there are many seminaries where people go to school to go into ministry, learn about the Lord, and they come out less confident because they've basically been schooled and indoctrinated not to believe. It's almost like I want to learn about God and you don't realize that Satan is your instructor um, and he's going to try and deceive you. I know that sounds harsh, but there are places like that. There are many schools that are not teaching properly. They're, they're, they're wanting to create doubt. But there are some that they really want to, but because of religion, uh, they teach you stuff and it's like they can't even read scripture and look at it at face value and see the truth that's there because they have to explain every word and every line because they think that, no, no, unless you've had this proper instruction, you can't possibly see this. When in truth, you can see it because it's the spirit of God that illuminates and you just have to believe 
like a child. You just have to have that innocent belief as a child and the Holy Spirit will teach you. He shows it. This passage is just like that. Jesus doesn't want us going around, <clears throat> excuse me, aimless. And how do, how do I know that? How can I back this up? Well, when he says, come to me, here's that come to. Jesus is now saying, come to me. See, the first portion, behold, your king is coming to you. And as Jesus comes to you, he says to you, come to me. If you, live, if you labor, you're heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. And a, and a yoke, less and less people know what a yoke is anymore because we don't have the farms and the rural communities we used to have. But it's, it's a, a wooden object you put over two horses, two cows, two oxen, two donkeys. Um, they would help them pull plows. I guess you could have a, a single yoke, but most of the time in the context here would be a, a double yoke. You'd have two animals. And and it's what they would, would pull the plow with. I, I'm not going to go into great detail with this. Um, if you're listening, you can use Google and, and look up more if you don't understand what I'm talking about. But when Jesus is talking about a yoke, you have to under, I want you to understand the, the basic things. A yoke is for work. Jesus isn't calling you away from work. He's asking you to come and join him. You see, he has a job to do. He has work. He has, he has the purpose. He has the plan. And he's inviting you to join him. Take off your yoke. Take off your labor and join him. Join him in his work. And you see, and learn from him. He says he's gentle. He's lonely in the heart. We'll find rest. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. It's easy and light because Jesus is the one who actually pulls the weight. Have you ever been with a group of people and you're going to pick up something heavy, whether it's a table or uh, large logs or something something of significance and so you've got three four five more of you and you're going to pick it up and you go to pick it up and all of a sudden as it gets picked up you hardly exert any strength at all it just it just comes up really fast and it's moving and you're you're trying to act like you're carrying it but it's obvious to you somebody else has picked up and is doing more of their share and you're not because you're not really sweating you're not someone else is really exerting the strength to pick this up and do it and if you're like most people, you, you just you just don't say anything because you don't want to act like you're not helping or something. But the, the analogy is sort of the same. Jesus is the one. He, he's going to do most of the burden. He's doing most of the work. But he's asked us to join him. And you see, in this picture, understand what I'm saying here. See, sometimes we're struggling in life. You're struggling. You're working. You're You're doing your best. And... You feel like I, I'm taking one step forward and two steps backwards. And we get this image in us that Jesus is standing behind us or in front of us or to the side. And he's clapping his hands saying, you can do it. Keep going. You can do it. Clap, 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 clap. Come on, just, just a little more. You can do it. But you see, that's not really true. That's not really what Jesus is doing. You see, Jesus is come alongside of you 
and he's now picking up your load and working with you. Yes, he may be saying those encouraging words, but he is the burden bearer. He's the one saying cast those cares and burdens upon him to come and learn from him. He wants to get in the mud with us. He wants to get in the struggle with us. He wants to pull our weight for us. But not only that, when we were talking about yokes and plowing fields, you know, he's already even chosen the field. And think about this, he's chosen the field, your future, the work that you do. He's chosen the field. Wouldn't it be easier to yoke yourself up to Jesus? See, we, we're afraid that he's going to pick a field you don't like. We're afraid he's going to pick something that you don't like. When we don't understand that he made us and he knows exactly what it is we're for. He's calling us. He's given us purpose and calling. And if we come to him, it becomes light. It becomes not a burden. Now let's look at our last passage in Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25. It reads, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But I hate what I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I cannot find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I do not, what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Now, here we are in Romans. And, you know, Paul, he's he's talking to us about this eternal war that rages within him and within all of us. We're all human. And our flesh... Our, the body, our flesh and our bodies, it, it has a sin nature. It is sinful. Listen, when we're, when we saved, when we give ourselves to the Lord, our spirit is instantly born anew and is free from sin. And it can hear God and it wants to follow God. Our mind is going through a process 
of being cleansed. That's why we read the Word. The Word of God is cleansing our minds. That's why we need the washing of the Word. It's in the process of sanctification. That's our soul. It's in a process. And when we stand before God, it will be cleansed and perfect. But it's a process. But our flesh is sinful and is going to die. The fleshly body you have will not go to heaven. It's going to burn. But we have a promise from God that he will raise us up and give us a new body. We will have a body that will have no sin in it. That's a guarantee from God. We're going to get new flesh. It won't be sinful. It won't be overweight. It won't get run down. It won't break down. It won't grow old. That's coming from the Lord. But until we get that new body, we have to war with this flesh. And it rages in us. And see, Paul here, he's even complaining about it. And because of that, we struggle with decisions, with choices in life. Because our flesh, that, that the sin, it, it wants to, it wants, our flesh wants to keep us bound up in guilt. It wants, your flesh will speak to you. You speak to yourself. Your fleshy part, that's the one that will always whisper into your mind, you're not good enough. And I know the enemy can do that too, but a lot of times we tell ourselves we're not good enough. We're not doing it right. We're not doing enough. And when we listen to this, it wants to enslave us again to sin. And this is where this, this religious thing comes in, because a lot of times we think, I'm not, I'm not doing enough to make God happy. I don't pray enough to make God happy. I don't do this enough. I don't, I don't, I don't serve God enough. I can't do, do, do. And, and it's, we're, we don't realize that that mentality is enslaving us to sin. It's not driving us to freedom in Christ. It's enslaving us to sin. But just as Paul says, there is a remedy. There is a remedy. And that is Jesus Christ. Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me for freedom. That's what Jesus is saying to us. Do you need a second chance in life? Jesus says, come to me. Do you need new? Do you just need a new life? Whatever it is in your past, do you just totally think you've, you've, you've messed up too much? Jesus can give you new life. What about guilt? Do you struggle with guilt? You know, there's no condemnation in Jesus. He can take your guilt from you. He can give you love and forgiveness and newness, freshness. Come to. That's just the word. Your life decisions. You, you, are you, what college am I going to go to? Who am I going to marry? What job do I need? I just got laid off. I need to, what do I do? Listen, for those decisions, come to Jesus. What about direction? Maybe you're trying to find your future or maybe, maybe maybe you're 40 and all of a sudden life has cast you out on your vocation. You need a whole new direction in life. Come to Jesus. Maybe you need a new trajectory. You don't like where you're headed. This is not what you had planned. Listen, you need a new trajectory. Come to Jesus. He knows where you are and he knows where you need to go. He knows what you need to do. Come to Jesus. Listen, no matter what our situation, our desires, 
We need Jesus. We need to be mindful of this. And for some of us, we need to remind ourselves to be mindful of this. Again, that's sometimes what religion does is that you hear a message like this and you go, oh yeah, I know this. Listen, you're saying I know this and the religion's already got a hold of you and it's wanting to make this another rule and another thing and you know this, I've checked this box, I don't have to listen. Listen, we all need to be mindful and come to Jesus in the simplicity to receive that easy yoke, that light burden. Come to Jesus. He's come to us now. Can we not come to him? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Jesus, I thank you that you have come to us, God, that you've bringing us freedom and newness and wholeness. Lord, I pray right now that you'd touch those who are listening with freshness, God, with newness, God, that you'd help them with direction and decisions and purpose, God. You'd help them in the trajectory of their life, God, that you would birth forth God I know we talk about we're being born again but God bring forth that new life God into them Lord help them to always remember that first love of you and Lord we thank you that you offer us that second chance every day Lord we give you praise in Jesus name amen Thank you for listening for this podcast. You can hear other teachings at our website at www.christianimpact.net. Please feel free to contact us. You can contact us on Facebook. You can contact us at a website. Drop us a comment or something on YouTube or one of the many other podcast uh, venues that we're on. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, God bless. Yeah.